1: i Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I don't want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Today may have looked sedate on the surface. Dow gaining 38 points, S&P backsliding a small amount, 0.01%, Nasdaq declining 0.19%. But underneath, we saw a radical revaluation of all sorts of stocks. Yep, we were forced to reconsider how much we're willing to pay for certain stocks now, how much we'll pay for a certain amount of growth now, and how much we will pay in the future, or do we sell? The most dramatic example, this morning an activist firm with a brilliant reputation, Elliott Management took a $3.2 billion stake in AT&T, gigantic, and sent a letter to the board of directors with a plan to unlock value. Stock currently trades at just under 37 They think they can get it to $60 plus by the end of 2021 if the changes are made. And that would be huge. AT&T's been a real long-term laggard. Elliot blames the underperformance on some ill-advised decisions by management, like overpaying for DirecTV, which is losing subscribers, along with a failed acquisition of T-Mobile, which ended up jumpstarting their competitor with a gigantic breakup fee. But with some changes, Elliott argues that AT could be worth a great deal more than what it's currently selling for. Specifically, they want the company to divest itself from distracting side businesses, cut the fat for heaven's sake, emphasize some winning entertainment assets, and stop doing these willy-nilly acquisitions at every turn. Put it all together, and these activists believe that the stock could get a much higher price during East Mobile. Notice, I didn't say Elliott's calling for the head of CEO Randall Stevenson. They didn't ask for board seats. That's astonishing. Elliot's known for hardball tactics. They once confiscated a warship from Argentina to collect what they thought they were, well, what they were owed. They were owed. In reality, though, you know what? I think this reputation is entirely overblown. Elliot's actually quite constructive if you're willing to work with them. But they're really showing a lot of confidence in AT&T here. They presented a totally reasonable roadmap for attracting more institutional investors We the stock has a surprising few number of them, and therefore sending the stock higher. It shouldn't be that hard, given that ATT sports a, sports a bountiful 5.5% yield. They're paying it away for the changes. So why isn't the stock already a lot higher? Well, Elliot blames poor management. Stock market has judged ATT's leadership team and found it wanting. If they change the strategy, the stock could catch fire. Notice, they didn't say if they changed the leadership, just if the leadership changed the strategy. Again. I thought it was very gentlemanly, even though I know many home gamers own AT&T because of its iconic reputation, big dividend. Hedge funds have shunned this stock because of management's missteps. But if Randall Stevenson embraces Elliott's plans, and the company has said that they already kind of agree with a lot of what Elliott wants to do, then the stock could be worth buying, even after today's run. ATT stocks still lagging well behind the rest of the market, and if they can get their house in order, I think you could end up looking very cheap in this environment. So, yes, I say it's a buy. Emphasis on, though, is the, this environment phrase that I just gave you. Because we're seeing a wholesale revision of what's considered safe and cheap versus what's considered problematic and expensive here. Something that's roiling the entire market underneath. While it's been going on now for a week, it's impossible to deny that we are seeing an avalanche of selling in the high flyers as money managers swap into the cheaper, slow, and steady names like AT&T. Today, we saw a wholesale breakdown in super growth names as money rotated out of these now former market darlings into laggards. Uh, laggards is actually a little comforting given the sell off. So look at Shopify, which is one of my absolute favorite companies, helps small businesses harness the power of e-commerce. Business is so good that earlier today, just this morning, Baird rolled out an extremely bullish piece of research where they raised their sales estimates. Shopify's got phenomenal revenue growth. There's only one problem. It doesn't have much in the way of earnings. This three hundred fifty-eight dollar stock, down from four hundred six a few weeks ago, it's expected to earn roughly seventy cents a share for twenty nineteen. So even though it's got explosive growth thanks to a terrific secular trend, Shopify is absurdly expensive on an earnings basis, and the market's no longer willing to pay up, which is why the stock plunged another five point seven percent today. Uh, and at least it's got some earnings. It could be worse. Late last week, CrowdStrike, the cloud-based uh, cybersecurity play, reported a fantastic uh, number. Fantastic. And even raised their earnings forecast. Unfortunately, the company still expects to lose money. Suddenly, this market doesn't want to see some losses, and they've got some newfound competition. Instead, it just wants cheap stocks and ones that are turning a battle for profit. Hence why CrowdStrike knows diving nearly 12% today, on top of Friday's hideous declines. People are really losing money here. Later tonight, we'll hear from two other stocks that are selling off because of this exact rotation, Alteryx and Zoom Video. Both companies reported incredible quarters. It's not the fault of the companies. It's the fault of the stock market. Okay? The market doesn't know what to do with these stocks. So what's now in style in the Wall Street fashion show? Money managers want stocks like Citigroup with a 3% yield that's trading at nine times earnings. They want Goldman Sachs, which has a smaller yield with a faster growth rate, also at nine times earnings. They prize JP Morgan, even though it sells for 11 times earnings because it's doing so well. It's best run bank in America. It's not just the banks. The stocks uh, 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 of the real down-and-adders, the oil companies, rallied, too. Everything from Schlumberger, the oil service giant, to Apache, the independent producer that's widely disliked. Or at least it was. Both stocks paid bountiful dividends with de- yields in excess of 4%. Hey, speaking of the oils, we own BP from my travel trust. You can follow along at com. Yields 6.6% and it actually has growth. But I don't know if I want you in...
2: The House of Pain. So
1: what's driving this rotation? Two things. People seem to believe we could see some progress in the trade negotiations with China. Personally, I'm skeptical. More on that later, but hope spring is eternal. And on top of that, there's a the belief that the Federal Reserve has no choice but to cut interest rates after Friday's not so hot unemployment number. Once rates are cut, the bulls wish that the economy will get stronger, which is why the long-term bond yields surged today. Also, it might explain that rally in oil, although that could just easily be Because the Saudis might cut back. And when money managers see a rally in oil, they assume the economy is improving. So they buy the retailers, the down-and-out retailers, not just the watch retailers, as if higher gas prices somehow bring in more shoppers. But since I'm no longer running a hedge fund, I'd like to be contrarian at this moment. You don't need to chase these rotations because you don't have rich investors beating down your neck, pushing you constantly for outperformance on a daily basis. You can afford to buy what the money managers are selling, although I wouldn't sell what they're buying uh, because those stocks are way too cheap to ignore. We're still not yet at a level that can necessarily sustain a real bottom in the turbocharged growth stocks. Some people are just beginning to realize the sell-off started. But uh, but remember, if long-term treasury yields keep climbing, the presumption will be that the economy is doing better. And in a better economy, investors abandon these secular high-powered growth stocks for the cyclicals, the oils, the banks, and the old tech stocks like what they bought today. I think it's wrong. The truth is high growth never really goes out of style for long. It just has periodic hiccups that shake out the weak-handed shareholders. That's what's happening. So if you haven't already found a terrific cloud stock you want to buy into weakness, slowly, please. Uh, maybe you want to think about Kramer-Fave Salesforce, just reported a great quarter, or Okta, which is cratered despite its dominant position in the high end of cybersecurity. Or maybe you want to listen to one of the two companies I have on tonight that are high growth and think that you get comfortable with one of those. The bottom line. You want to know why your growth stocks are getting annihilated, right? It's because there's a market-wide rotation out of these companies. Hey, by the way, that is exactly why we play MI Diversify, so that on days like today, you won't have all of your eggs in one high-flying and now yolk-filled basket. Let's go to Rich in California. Rich! Big thank you, Jim Kramer. We really appreciate everything you do. Uh, my question is about Ulterior Group, stock ticker MO. I purchased the stock about three weeks ago, and I was hoping for good news on the merger with Philip Morris. Stock
3: price has a medium target of $57 and, you know, a nice dividend yield. However, with today's
1: news, uh, with the FDA issuing a warning letter to Juul, uh, I'm concerned about their marketing practices. Should the, cho- you know, should I be concerned for chopping stock prices ahead? I think you just kind of lay low here. Um, the Juul stuff was pretty devastating. I know the Juul people are always anxious to say that what they do is they help people get off of smoking. Uh, The FDA seems to be a little more concerned about people getting on smoking. And uh, that is something that the Juul people will deny. But you know what? Juul does not run the FDA. Let's go to Chuck in Washington, please. Chuck. Chuck. Hello. Hey, Chuck. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you.
4: What's going on? Good. Hey, I appreciate your enthusiasm, your candid advice, and especially your wit. Thank you. Uh, Presently, my wife and I are retired. We're uh, drawing retirement, and our stocks are managed by another financial group. But this is the first time we want to try managing our own little portfolio. Okay. And there's uh, something I've been watching, uh, and I've got a gut feeling about it. We we both like it. SMG.
1: Scotts Miracle Grow. Uh, Scotts Miracle Grow is an excellent company. Uh, I wish it were down a little more from its high uh, but it was a they had a good selling season and I think that you can tell that uh, but you're, let's let's put it this way I, if you're going to start a portfolio, I don't necessarily think you should start with a stock that that's expensive that doesn't really have the dividend protection that you might want. Uh, you're retired, you don't want to start going for uh, what some people feel is a bit of a gunner stock. Good company, a little rich but thank you for the kind words. Let's go to Fred in New Mexico Fred. Hey, Jim. Uh, I've been a holder of uh, Corning for many months, and I've been riding this uh, slow roller coaster, uh, wondering when uh,
5: the fact that they make glass for tens of millions of mobile phones in the world, when are we going to see uh, some growth happen in that stock? Or what is the problem with that stock when we know we have to migrate to 5G in the uh, upcoming years?
1: I know. It never seems to be able to break out. Uh, It's almost as if all the holders who bought it in 1999 are still stuck in it. I think it's a slow and steady wins the race stock. I don't think it's a dangerous stock, but I don't think it's breaking out here. Let's take one more. Let's go to Ben in California, please. Ben. Jim, what's going on, brother? Not much. How about you? I'm good. I'm
3: good. Question is on Slack. They had their first earnings since their direct listing last Wednesday. Initially, after earnings, the stock dropped about 15% after hours. Then Thursday, it bounced back to 30 And then Friday, it dropped. And today, we're down another 10%. I got in shortly after the direct listing. But what do I do
1: here? Do I cut losses? I have at to tell you, this levels. stock this stock is in all the wrong hands. It just is not doing nearly as badly as people think. I, look, I totally respect Microsoft, but I do think that, that Slack has got great technology. And I think a lot of people like their software. I use it. Uh, but all I will tell you is, is that this stock, like many of these high-growth stocks that do not have earnings, is for sale. And I don't know when they're going to stop. But boy, it'll be very clear. They'll at least bounce. And uh, I would not sell uh, work, so to speak, that's what the symbol is, if I owned it. But be aware, the sellers are just gunning for these stocks and moving into the lower multiple price range. And that's uh, a rotation that is severe enough for me to tell you to be careful. All right. We've, I like the company. I'm not changing my mind. On it. I like the company. The stock itself is just in the wrong hands. We've been seeing a wholesale revision of what's safe and cheap. And that's why your high growth stocks like a slack aren't working. Don't take the rotation personally, please. Oh, man, buddy, tonight's Zoom video. Crushed earnings, but the stock's been getting crushed. I'm going to get to the bottom of the climb with the CEO. Then as Dollar Tree braces for new tariff-related expenses. Does the stock remain a bargain, or did you miss the discount? I sat down with the CEO in one of the remodeled stores. And it's a stock that's up over 100% this year alone, and it may not be on your radar, although, because it's up 100%, it's for sale. I'll reveal the name and see if that decline will continue. Stay with
2: Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag MadTweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com. Or give us a call at one 800 743 cnbc Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com.
1: This market has started really just slaying its darlings. It's turned to get some of the fastest-growing cloud names that investors couldn't get enough of earlier this year. Take one of my favorite Zoom video communications, cloud-based video conferencing play, which came public in April and quickly became one of the hottest stocks in the entire market, surging from $36 in its IPO to 107 near the end of June. I think this is a classic case of a stock that was Icarus-like, got too hot, too hot for its own good. By the end of August, it had pulled back to the low 90s, but in the last week, it's been absolutely clobbered. down nearly 8% on Friday before losing another 8% today to close at 78 bucks and change. The crazy thing, Zoom reported a fantastic quarterly last week, just a monster top and bottom line beat. Phenomenal four-year guidance that was much higher than the analysts expected. And that's what happens when a stock gets overheated. Even spectacular numbers won't prevent serious profit-taking, which is, why I always say, hey, buy it on a pullback. Well, here we go. Even at these levels, it's still not cheap. But Zoom is a great growth story. And sooner or later, its stock will be absolutely worth buying. So let's take a closer look with Eric Yuan. He is the founder and CEO of Zoom Video Communications, one of your, our favorites. You better sense of how this company's doing, where it's headed. Ms. Yuan, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, Jim. First of all, oh, thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm very excited to be on your show. Okay, Eric, so you've got two different clients, and I'm going to ask you about them. One is HSBC, 290,000 hosts. The other is my executive producer for my morning show, Todd Bonin, who used Zoom for his football fantasy draft. How can something work for a football fantasy draft and work for the most far-flung bank of the world?
3: So... Video is the future of communications. Video is a new voice. Zoom can connect people with any device, anywhere, anywhere they want. That's why we have so many customers from all kinds of industries, right? Like high-tech companies, Uber, like HSBC, banking institutions, right? Any companies can leverage Zoom to improve their collaboration.
1: Now, you started at Cisco. Cisco has WebEx. WebEx is run by some, by, uh, now it's run by Amy Chang, who's spectacular, gave a very good talk uh, to, the st- to the team two weeks ago. How do you compete against a, a company that you left that you know is a great company, Cisco, uh, given the fact that they are doing a huge amount of business on their own?
3: Yeah, Cisco is a great company. I was there for four and a half years. I learned a lot at Cisco. We really focus on the customer side, right? We listen to our customer carefully. We want to be the first company to really understand the customer's pinpoint. And then we also want to be the first company to come up with a solution. We want to build a long-term trust. We do not focus on our competitors. If we truly ca-
1: care about our customers, we build our trust with our customers, I think it would be okay. Okay, so let's say I am a Verizon customer, which I am, and Verizon has chosen Zoom to be a partner. Do I go to Zoom or do I go to Verizon? How do I? I, I want to use you for my football fantasy league.
3: So, Verizon is a wonderful partner of us. And uh, you can go with Zoom, right? And also, Verizon already has a huge installer base. They also can resell Zoom to their installer base. So, either way is okay. You will get a Zoom service.
1: Now, you had 96% year-over-year growth. I mean, these numbers, people are going to be saying today, well, the stock's getting hit. It's not because you're slowing down. It's just because of the way the stock market works, right? I mean, there's not some sudden slowdown. People ask me, Jim, Zoom must have just, something must have gone wrong at Zoom. That's not the way it works, correct?
3: I think so, and, uh, you know, I know how to build a product. I know how to manage a business. I have no idea about a stock price. I think in the long run, I think as long as we keep delivering happiness to our customers, I
1: think a stock price will follow. Again, we look at a long-term shareholder value. All right. I'm glad you mentioned that word because it's the, there's a particular word you mentioned I usually don't think of when it comes to telecommunications. You use the word happiness. You, throughout your documents and your conference score, you talk about happiness. I, I usually talk about money. What does happiness have to do with money? So
3: the purpose of life is about happiness, right? How to make sure your happiness is sustainable? We think to make others happy, your happiness will be sustainable. We build a business to deliver happiness to our customers. Then all of us at Zoom, we feel very happy if we keep doing that.
1: Okay. So uh, how do you make Morgan Stanley happy?
3: We first of all, Morgan Stanley is our customer already, right? And uh, we build a much better service. We help Morgan Stanley to improve the employee engagement. With that, you know, the company culture is getting better. That's why they become a happy, uh, uh, customer. And, uh, you know, after a while, Morgan Stanley will see the huge value after they deploy the Zoom. I think this is a way for us to deliver happiness to our customers like Morgan Stanley.
1: All right. So what is the best way to, to measure if you're a retail investor? Do we look at your rapid revenue growth? Because your actual contract stra- strategy makes it a little bit harder for me to analyze it by deferred revenue or billings. What's my metric here?
3: I think you you look at our time, based on IDC, by 2022, it's a $43 billion market. Look at our revenue today. As long as we keep working harder and make sure our customers are happy, I think a long-term value, I think it should be okay.
1: Why did uh, I mean, people are leave, what, they're leaving FaceTime, they're le- leaving uh, a lot of different little guys. I mean, I always thought Cisco pure enterprise, but I am hearing more and more younger people, uh, people in 20s, 30s, for they're setting up Zoom conference calls among their friends. It's that easy to use?
3: Zoom, you are right on. Millennials, they always wanted to use the best breed of service. That's the reason why I look at all the millennials. They all probably want to use Zoom because Zoom offers a
1: much better service. I, I, it's very I, easy to use. I have to tell you, you're, you run a remarkable company. I know Cisco doesn't want to lose share to you since you uh, were at Cisco, but I want to congratulate you for everything you've done. It's a remarkable story. Jim, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, terrific. Okay, that's Eric Yuan. And now look, Eric, he is not... And there's nothing happening at the company that's why it's going down. you got to believe me. You just heard Eric Yuan and his story is so good. But you have to understand that stocks go down, too. They don't just go up, even if nothing's happening at the company. And the company is Zoom Video Communications. Ed money's back after the break.
0: This CNBC podcast is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Investing isn't one size fits all. Every investor has a unique style. That's why TD Ameritrade offers two different mobile apps. There's TD Ameritrade Mobile, which lets you manage your portfolio with streamlined simplicity. Or Thinkorswim Mobile, which gives you tools you need for more advanced trades and in-depth analysis. Visit tdameritrade.com apps to find the one that's right for you. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com apps.
2: Americans can't all lead a swashbuckling life of treasure hunting. But they can do the next best thing and visit a dollar store. In good times and in bad, everyone loves a good deal. And in a world of swirling trade war worries, can investors continue to expect a good deal from the stock of Dollar Tree?
1: I keep telling you there are two kinds of retailers that are working in this environment. There's the big dogs that have the... (laughs) They got the strength to strong arm their suppliers and crush their competitors because they got scale. And then there's the off price plays that offer incredible values that you can't really find anywhere else. Consider the spectacular recent move in Dollar Tree, the dollar store chain that's now turning itself around by sprucing up the lackluster locations they acquired from Family Dollar a few years ago. Last November, CEO Gary Philbin came here and told us that this term was coming. And if you're listening, boy, you've got some phenomenal gains. Stocks tackling nearly 20 bucks just in the last month or so. Could it have more room to run earlier today? We got a chance to check out this Dollar Tree turnaround in person. We joined Gary Philbin at one of his renovated family dollar locations in Asbury Park, New Jersey, which happened to be the one that's right near my place. Take a look. Gary, we are in a for me new store i have told you often i didn't like the old store how did you do it because this place is gorgeous versus the previous model
5: thank you jim and welcome to the asbury park family dollar and what you see here is really the culmination of everything we've been talking about on h2 so exciting wow items more of what our customers want on frozen food The injection of over $20 wild sections within the store. We're very excited. Thank you.
1: Now, a lot of the analysts have been saying when is the turn going to occur in the wholesome? You got 7,000 this, 7,000 of Dollar Tree. Look, maybe stop me, because when you were at 85, you were saying the turn is happening, Jim. It is obviously happening. Uh, where are we in terms of the progression?
5: Well, this is an important quarter for us. So keep in mind, when I saw you back in November, we've gone from a 1-4 comp at Family Dollar to 1-9 to 2-4. And we've accomplished a 1,000 of these H2 renovations. We are so excited. We're putting another 150 to get those done before September finishes. So that'll give us over a thousand for this year. So we need to do more h2s, but the whole fleet of stores did better in this last quarter. we'd sold more of what we are creating in our impact sections across our stores. Right. So it was a good quarter for all those reasons.
1: All right. So what is the secret sauce behind an H2? And describe what an H2 is for the people who have not followed you a lot. Well, I would
5: invite everybody in. But an H2 for us starts with the impulse right at the front end of the store. You're going to see incredible $1, 3 or $5 items, expanded party. You're going to see what I think is just a wow, discretionary on our clothing set. You're going to be surprised at the amount of dollar product through the store. And you're going to see impulse items around the store you're coming into the store and you you don't have a list we're going to have something to put in your basket
1: now this store has a combination of things that i'd be paying less for that are store brand national brand but also items i mean are you really making any money with tariffs and all this on some of these dollar items
5: well the dollar items are a big injection from dollar tree so with a high operating income there yes i can tell you we do make a nice profit on the dollar items but because we work very hard, not just all the year, but especially now with tariffs, we're still working on those same types of items.
1: All right, now, the analysts are all suspicious about how you can possibly mitigate when the tariffs pump up. I mean, we all make it sound like tariff one, tariff two, but who knows? I mean, a tweet is tariff five. I mean, is it not just a, a precarious time to be the CEO of Dollar Tree?
5: Well, let's not suggest tariff five. <laughs> okay. uh, I, w- I would say this. I give great credit to both merchant teams. Right. The things that we do, we've enlisted our vendors, how do we redesign, how do we get cost out of the product, how do we pack it so that we land it cheaper. Mm-hmm. The last thing we want to do is take any value out of the package at all. So our merchants go to Asia and not just China, right. and we're moving product out of China to the right places, and I think over time what our folks have done is just, uh, we make it look easy, but it is a lot of discipline with what we've done over the years with this working knowledge.
1: You've been tough. You talk about canceled orders, modified specification, evolved product mix, diversified vendors. uh,
5: vendors. I mean, you obviously play hardball to get low prices. Well, we play hardball, but I would say we've always been fair. We've worked very hard with our vendors. We serve a unique customer. Our vendors are a part of that. Uh, I think we're very proud of, with the relationships we've had long term with our vendors, mm-hmm. but they get it too. Businesses uh, at a certain moment in time can be at risk if we don't provide value to our customers.
1: Right, tell me how you work, Gary. I've always told you from the day we met, but I've also been pretty vocal about i got a fabulous dollar tree. Just got $16 worth of stuff I could not believe. Seemed like around 40 okay? And I kept saying, well, when is the family dollar going to become a dollar tree? But that's not what you've been doing. Matter of fact, you're even building new family dollars. Isn't it easier just to make a more dollar tree?
5: Well, it's not easier. We bought Family Dollar with a very specific intent. Two brands, and as we know, five blocks from here, we have a wonderful Dollar Tree. Both brands are doing well. The Family Dollar now is doing great with this H2. We serve more customers. We bring more people to a Dollar Tree, Family Dollar combination. That's the power.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm in a snack zone here, right? Now, Uh, Is that a great area? Where are the best, where are the real
5: areas that you're killing it? Well, it depends on the customer. Our customers come in often for the basics. I think what surprises them, Jim, is everything we saw in aisle one, the surprising party section now. Halloween is out. We shared some of the Christmas WoW product that's going to come in to most stores in another month. That's the stuff that our customers maybe don't expect when they come into a Family Dollar. That's the part we see them buying more of.
1: I have not seen some of these brands like Clorox. I always thought Clorox would never want to be in a Family Dollar. What's
2: changed?
5: Oh, listen, we're a one. They're a wonderful vendor for us at Family Dollar. We have great share with them. It, that's a pretty good example of a, a basic item. That cuts across demographics, but family dollar customer—that's a great brand within our four walls.
1: Now, when they see side by side, or, or right here in snacks, I mean, who cares? Do I really want to pay three bucks for Lay's? And I happen to like Lay's right. very much, but salty snacks are salty snacks. Yeah. I mean, your compare is starting to win, isn't
5: it? Well, we have compare and save—one of our smart and ways save. to save. So, when you think about what our private brands accomplish for our customer on a tight budget. And you can say from 20 to 40%, same size, great tasting product, or in our discretionary product, we have onesies. A baby lineup for our customers that are looking for infant-toddler wear, mm-hmm. that's where we can really make a difference for our customers.
1: Now, you've often talked about how a lot of people don't realize that not everyone in this country makes a lot of money. You have your, I think, uh, the pulse on the $40,000 consumer better than anyone in the world. How is she doing?
5: You know, I think our customer with unemployment has had a better uh, opportunity to have a steady job. I find our customers are often one paycheck away from not doing right. so well. Thank and you And I, for think, recognizing well, I that. think what we offer them is just a way of saving money, which is so important to them. And our customers are very savvy. They know right. the retails of our stores and anywhere else in the neighborhood that they happen to shop. It's not just them, right? The millennials price check now. Well, and they have a phone. And if <laughs> you have a phone, you can get a family dollar smart app, and it will tell you the best deals this week on right on your phone. So right. <laughs> we accomplished both.
1: One last thing from the consumer perspective. All right. I love your balloons, okay? You. It is we not your fault that you don't have all the balloons I want, right?
5: I apologize to all of our customers. Obviously, they love our party sections. The balloons really drive it. We're going to be tied up with a shortage here In- probably over the next nine to 12 months. We think we see a horizon next year. God, people
1: better. think that helium grows on skies it's yeah.
5: not true it comes out of the ground and so <laughs> it's, uh, it's what we have is what we got to deal with but uh, it, the birthday parties you can still celebrate at a Dollar Tree or Family Dollar if you come in plenty of other items to buy if we happen to be out of here, you
1: you represent a great hope for the people who want to do better maybe not have a chance but will you've made it so that it's affordable to be an American I want to thank you Gary thank Philbin you. Terrific, you, sir. That's Gary Filbin, Dollar Tree president and CEO, and we are at a beautiful Family Dollar that, frankly, I've avoided for years, but won't anymore. Come on back. At last, are we finally getting that meaningful buying opportunity I've been talking about in the hottest of the hot cloud stocks? The whole group started rolling over last week when some of the smaller players, Domo, CrowdStrike. Reported imperfect quarters, though I actually like the crowd quarter, but you know what? They've really been getting an eyelid. Look at Alderix, A-Y-X. It's the rapidly growing data analytics play, which is one of the hottest stocks around till last week. Now, I've been telling you to wait for this one to give you a pullback because I thought it was too expensive, even though it's got a terrific concept. Their technology sits in the middle of a, biz- of a business's data ecosystem, like a very efficient pipeline between inputs and outputs. You know, well, now it's getting hit, hit hard. On Thursday, Alteryx was at 147. That's right, 147 Now, Alteryx is $120. It plummeted another 15% today. And why? Simply because of the broader malaise in the cloud space, coupled with the rotation, the cheaper, safer stocks that I talked about at the top of the show. Nothing's changed with the underlying story, though. The fundamentals are still fantastic. Last quarter was incredible. So I think Alteryx is exactly the kind of stock worth buying slowly into weakness. Emphasis on slowly. But do not take it from me. Let's dig deep with Dean Stoker. He's the chairman and CEO of Alderix. Find out more about his company and where it's headed. Mr. Stoker, welcome back to Mad Money.
4: Hey, Jim. Uh, welcome and welcome to Silicon Orchard here in Orange County, California.
1: All right. Well, yeah, there it is. I always liked Orange County more than I like up north. <laughs> now, Dean... <laughs> uh, I downloaded your book, okay? Because it's terrific. I download all the stuff that you do, but now I've got something that keeps showing. My, I'm going to show my age. I keep being told that this is the age of the badass <clears throat> analyst. How do I get to be a badass analyst?
4: Well, you've d- you've done the first part, Jim. You've downloaded the software. If you click and run it, you're going to get the thrill of solving all over again. We we do this intentionally. We typically start our journeys with our customers by simply. Getting the 14 day trial and prosecuting analytics in a variety of ways so that you, too, can get the thrill of problem solving again.
1: Well, what it seems like is that, uh, as you say, uh, code free people get to learn things and uh, people who lie are code friendly really get to learn things. How could something be both?
4: Well, that's a, that's a great point. First of all, Alteryx is a platform. It's not a point solution. So we purpose-built the platform to address the two primary audiences that are affecting digital transformation today. We made Alteryx drag-and-drop, click-and-run, code-free for the citizen data scientists, the 47 million people who are living in, in VLOOKUPS and spreadsheets. And we made it code friendly for the two million Ph.D. trained statisticians. And we see a convergence between these two audiences everywhere we go and in, in all verticals around the world.
1: Well, I've got to tell you, I, I, I know a younger person who is at a company and everyone's using Excel. He found out about your company. He is running rings around everybody else. Uh, are there still people who cling or remain disenfranchised by Excel?
4: Well, of course, I think people are, are have been historically locked out of uh, BI and analytic processes from yesteryear. Those technologies are, uh, you know, the systems of record deep in IT, and in order to get work done, analysts took their world back and they decided to try and do these big data analytics solutions inside of. Uh, a spreadsheet that was built 30 years ago. It's still going to be the last mile in analytics, but people are trying to, to figure out how do you put a trillion rows into a million row spreadsheet, and, and we know that that's untenable for most organizations. So we typically find the, the analyst who just doesn't like their job anymore because they're not productive citizens for the enterprise, and they start that journey just like you did. Uh, you can become a badass analyst in no time uh, using Alteryx.
1: Well, genius. if I were unfortunate uh, m- enough to work for the Dallas Cowboys, would I become a badass analyst and understand how to do sentiment analytics?
4: Well, sure. I, th- I think that uh, most sports teams, uh, and not just the Dallas Cowboys, but the Green Bay Packers, use all tricks to do all kinds of things. Uh, things inside the stadium, things on the, the playing field itself. Uh, there's a ton of data that's being uh, assembled and accumulated within a stadium from uh, videos of lines uh, at the the food counter, the the wait times at the beer stand, uh, tweets about players in section four during a particular play, and uh, you know the NFL teams are beginning to <clears throat> leverage analytics to drive a better experience not only for the players on the field but a better experience for the the uh, patrons in the sta- in the stands.
1: I'm getting a lot of words that people are. Uh, <clears throat> this, I just watched it actually. Uh, Old friend, talk about how stadiums are being wired for gambling. I have to tell you, I'm not allowed to gamble. But if I were a gambler, I would love to know what your company could do for me.
4: Well, we, we actually work with many of the casinos in, uh, in all parts of the world. In fact, the remote uh, Indian um, uh, reservations, some of the uh, Vegas uh, clubs that, that exist today, Imagine all the data that's being uh, collected from uh, slot machines and, and the cards that are given for loyalty business and where they meander throughout the, the casino. And so because Alteryx has the ability to, to understand spatial analytics and predictive modeling, uh, it's a pretty good chance that we'll know what you're going to do next. And uh, that's priceless to, to uh, C-suite in organizations around the globe.
1: And also for C-Suite, for those who have tariff problems, you're talking about being able to uh, automate some of that data and make it so that they can maybe keep prices down.
4: Well, automation is is key to every business who's embarked on this digital transformation journey. I just got back from uh, Hong Kong and, yeah, it, it, there more than any other place, mm-hmm. we're seeing uh, supply chain try to try to understand how to reduce shipping costs, how to improve time to delivery, how to improve, you know, just-in-time manufacturing uh, and take risk out of the system. Uh, you know, we have no exposure to China, but we're helping right. everyone who does have exposure to China figure out how to how to design analytic pipelines and automate processes that drive value for organizations.
1: All right, one last question, Dean. Obviously, uh, you don't control your stock. Stock has been, uh, was a rocket, It's come back down. Advice to people who own the stock.
4: Well, li- listen, it's, it's uh, one day uh, in our journey We are not changing anything. Our go-to-market model is um, more powerful than the platform itself. We have... um in play, a massive opportunity. There's a $24 billion addressable market just in the line of business. And our, our belief is that the winner take all in that space, and we intend it to be us, will be the natural beneficiary of the share shift to the $28 billion of technology, legacy technology that that sits in IT today. So uh, we're very bullish on the future. We're excited about our, our lot in life. Uh, we, we took a long journey to get to, to this point And uh, we're going to continue down this path to success.
1: All right, that's Dean Stoker, Chairman CEO of OuterX. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Jim. Look, stocks get hot, rotation, stocks get cool, companies stay the same. This is a good one. Dean Stoker, Chairman CEO of OuterX. Bad Mike's back in. It is... And then the lighting round is over. Are we'll you ready, skate Daddy? Time for the light round. I'm going to start with Betsy in California. Betsy.
0: Hey, Jim. First, thanks for all you do in teaching me how to study. Uh, and mean, and uh, secondly, Jim, I'm calling you today
1: about a one-of-a-kinder stock. I know you like duopolies. What's better than a
0: duopoly? A one-of-a-kind and my one-of-a-kind is Vail Resorts. And let me tell you why I like it. They just picked up 17 properties, Midwest, East Coast, New York, uh, New Hampshire, Missouri,
2: Nebraska. So no matter where the snow is, they're going to get it. Oh, no, they're uh,
1: really smart, Betsy. You're absolutely right. It's been down a lot lately. I think it's a 3%. Use. You buy some now. Buy some if it gets the 3.5%. Let's go to John in Pennsylvania. John. Thanks for taking my call, Jim. Absolutely, John. There's no
3: FDA-approved treatment for peanut allergy other than avoidance. What are your
1: thoughts on immune therapeutics? I, I think it's a very tolerance? good spec just on that issue. I agree with you. It needs to be solved. They're the ones that are in the forefront. Uh, but it's speculative, just so you know that. Let's go to Larry in Illinois. Larry! Hey, Jim,
4: love your show. Thanks Thank for you for all your hard work. Thank you. Listen, I need your thoughts on Telnav. It's taken a hit the last few days. Should I get back in? What do you think?
1: I don't know Telnav. I don't know that one. I'm gonna have to get back. Uh, It's been slacked. I gotta find out why. Let's go to Richard in Virginia, please. Richard. Richard! Hey, Mr. Kramer. Great big boy, y'all from Richmond,
5: Virginia. In mid-July, I bought uh, shares in Comstock Resources, uh, symbol CRK. And what's your opinion?
1: Well, I think Jerry Jones just talked about it. He liked it. Uh, I don't like the group, so I'm going to have to say, don't fight, don't fight, don't fight. And I like Jerry Jones but you know, Zeke. It's okay. He's back. you know, Give him the ball a little more, please. All right, let's go to John in Georgia, please. John. Oh, yeah, from Atlanta, Jimmy. Oh, what's, what's up? Atlanta? I got a question about waste
5: management.
1: Is, is it more room to run, or is it... Uh-huh. This day one of a sell-off. Day one of a sell-off is a day I don't like to buy. I want it to come in a little more. I don't like to be uh, at the the pioneer of a decline. Give it two or three more days. Could come down more, and then buy, buy, buy. Why do we care? I don't want you to have a bad basis. The company itself is doing very well. Robert Norrigan, Robert.
4: Hi, Jim. I bought B and G Foods, symbol BGS, on five sixteen for twenty two fifty. Since then, it has dropped twenty five percent. Do you think the stock price will recover? It
1: did have a bad quarter. I, I used to really like those guys. Uh, I can't say I do anymore. Uh, I don't know what the heck happened to them. They uh, became the poster child for almost everything that's not right in the phone in the uh, in the food business. So I'm going to have to say take the pass. And that, ladies and conclusion of the lightning round.
2: The lightning round is sponsored by T.D. Ameritrade. Take control of your financial future with the new madmoney.cnbc.com. Kramer's exclusive CEO interviews, full episodes, analysis, even your own soundboard. Plus, special access to Mad Money 101 with rules and techniques to break down the market for all investors. The red flag that makes me drop a stock immediately is... It's everything you need right when you need it. The new madmoney.cnbc.com.
1: We're finally seeing lots of stories about the slowdown in China thanks to the President's tariffs. For years, most of the media bought into the idea that the Chinese economy was invulnerable. Now they're starting to question that one, aren't they? There's just one teensy weensy problem. The Chinese consumer economy, not the export driven one, but the consumer itself, might be in better shape than she seems. Well, you can't really rely on the official numbers from the Chinese government, this is an authoritarian one-party state. You can rely on the numbers reported by American companies to do business in China, and so far they're surprisingly strong. No slowdown detected, aside from the obvious exceptions. For example, Caterpillar was hurt by weak Chinese orders, but that's partially their own fault. Way back in 2011, CAP bought a mining equipment company called Bucyrus International. Back then, China was committed to building a lot of coal plants, so those machines were in high demand. Now their air quality is so bad, they're trying to cut back on coal and trying to go green. Osiris has been a big disappointment, so cats have a rough time, 5 to 10% of business. However, the other major industrials with a lot of Chinese exposure, Boeing, doesn't seem to have been hit, hurt yet. The 737 MAX issue is a serious problem, but given the shortage of new planes around the world, Boeing will bounce back. There's just too much demand for new aircraft. The big takeaway, though, of this earnings season is that while Chinese exports have gotten hit, Chinese consumer sales are doing quite well, much better than expected. When you look at the large capitalization companies that are embedded in China, for the most part, they reported spectacular sales. We get results from Nike in a few weeks, but back in June, CEO Mark Parker called out the strong sales in the People's Republic. It was arguably its best growing market. Estee Lauder just told us it delivered excellent growth in China and added that they've seen no slowdown. And while they're Canadian companies, Canada Goose, And Lululemon, both reported amazing sales growth in the PRC. Can it go see they they cited China as a dominant market? Lulu's rushing to expand their Chinese footprint to meet demand. It's called the end of last week actually shocked me with the robust spending power of the Chinese consumer. Apple gets a sizable chunk of sales from China, yet they still reported robust figures for all their businesses, despite fears of a boycott that simply hasn't happened yet. Probably hear about that again tomorrow when they unleash their new uh, designs. Starbucks just keeps opening new stores in China. And again, they called it out as one of their best growth markets, if not the best. So if you were hoping for an easy win in the trade war, I think that may be a lot less likely, even though that's the current zeitgeist. For years, the Chinese have been trying to shift away from an export-oriented economy and towards a more consumption-oriented economy. Clearly, they're further along in that trajectory than we thought. I still believe and maintain that the United States is in much better position than China when it comes to the trade war negotiations, but the consumer economy remains in great shape. So don't look to China for disappointment, at least not yet. For the most part, the American companies that do business over there are making a killing. It's one of the best markets for our exporters. Confounding the merchants of both doom and gloom. Stick with Craig Tonight on all-new American Greed, it's a $3 billion case of gold fever. Is your favorite piece of jewelry the product of a crime? Only one way to find out. Don't miss it tonight at 10, only on CNBC. Like I said, there's always a bull market summer, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you tomorrow.